afternoon, good morning, and good evening to you all, depending on where you are in this beautiful world. My name is Jeffrey Igwe, and I'm here with my partner. Adrian Tejada. And we're coming at you pre-recorded from the Bronx, New York, and Dominican Republic. You can guess who is where and... Today we are going to be reading four poems in relation to the prompt. In relation to the prompt. Jeffrey, give the prompt. Oh, yeah, I've got you. Um, our prompt is to write an essay in which you discuss how such elements, such, such elements as language, imagery, structure, and the point of view convey the meaning of this poem. Wow. To do so, I guess we'll start by reading the poem. Our first poem would be Nikki Cross. It goes as follows. Childhood remembrances are always such a drag. If you're black, you always remember things like living in Woodlawn with no inside toilet. If you become famous or something, they never talk about how happy you were to have your mother all to yourself and how good water felt when, when you got your bath from one of those big tubs that, that the folks in Chicago barbecue in. And somehow when you talk about home, it never gets across how much you understood their feelings. As the whole family attended meetings about Holydale, and even though you remember that your biographers will never understand your father's pains as he sells his stocks. And another dream goes away, and though you're poor, it isn't the poverty that concerns you. And though they fought a lot, it isn't your father's drinking that makes any difference, but only that everybody is together, and your sisters have happy birthdays and very good Christmases. And I really hope no white person ever writes a biography about me because they will never understand black love is black wealth. And they'll probably talk about my hard childhood and never understand that all the while I was quite happy. The meaning of this poem is that, although is that there are a lot of things to be grateful for even though you grew up in poverty. However, what is important to creating this meaning is that the author was speaking in first person which made it easier for the reader to see that although she did grow up grow up poor, she treasured a lot of things. The image she creates while telling her stories then depicts her poor upbringing, thus confirming the meaning of this poem. Thank you. Section issues on this side, but I'm sure that can be sorted out. Uh, the next poem is Caged Bird by Maya Angelou. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to climb the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with the fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill for the caged bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze, and the trade winds soft through the sighing trees, and the fat worms waiting on a dawn bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill. For the caged bird sings of freedom. You see, the poem starts off with imagery about a caged bird, which already makes the reader feel claustrophobic and trapped because birds are supposed to be free, not caged. 
and the third person point of view gives you a limited view into the point of view of how exactly the bird is feeling. You see, this leaves the reader with uh, having to replace their feelings for the bird's feelings and having them begin to feel trapped, which then adds to the meaning of the poem, which is to be grateful for the things you have in life because you, because you could be worse off without them. Thank you, Adrian, and rest in peace to Maya Angelou. For our, rest in peace. For our third poem, we'll be reading Harlem by Langston Hughes. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or fester like a sword and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? Or crust and, and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? The meaning of this poem is that nothing good ever comes out of a dream deferred or a dream put on hold. Langston Hughes uses imagery of dried fruits and sores left to fester to show that a dream deferred doesn't come doesn't get to become what it was meant to be. And in relation to this to the civil rights movement at that time, he was saying that the American dream that is being has being withheld from the black people the, seems to never be achieved. The longer they, they have from the longer they are from that dream, the, the less likely they are to achieve to attain that dream. That is a beautiful analysis of a beautiful poem, which is actually uh, oh, set you, in, yeah, which is actually set in my little hometown in New York. So, uh, shout out Langston Hughes. Uh, our last poem is "Family is Like a Circle," and I'm reading this one right, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. All right. Family is like a circle. The connection never ends, and even if at times it breaks, in time it always mends. A family is like the stars, somehow they're always there. Families are those who help, who support, and always care. A family is like a book, the ending's never clear. But through the pages of the book, their love is always near. A family is many things, with endless words that show who they are and what they do, and how they teach you, so you know. But don't be weary if it's broken, or if through time it's been so worn. Families are like that. They're split up and always torn. But even if this happens, your family will always be. They help define just who you are and will be a part of you eternally. This poem, similar to the first one, focuses on being grateful for the things you have. But in the case of this poem, it's family. See, due to the structure of this poem and the use of enjambment, this poem felt more like storytelling than a poem. The author, Nicola O'Neill, is very proud of her family. She believes that although they aren't perfect, she won't replace them for anything else. Due to the first-person point of view in this poem, we are given clear insight into her life and why she loves her family so much. And without help from her, we are able to realize that her family is important to her. That seems to conclude our poetic podcast. Thank you for your time, and we hope that each and every one of you have a great day. Goodbye. Well, just before they leave, it's crazy because I don't know about you, but I didn't really like poems growing up. I'd rather listen to music, but it's crazy what an author with a little bit of mood, some some point of view, and and some word choice could create. I deep understanding. Wish I could hear a thing you just said. Oh, you you weren't able to hear me. No, it sounded like you were talking through a blender. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, What I said was like. 
it's crazy because I never liked poems growing up, but through through the use of some some point of view, some certain word choices and and um, structural changes, each oh, yes, authors yes. were able to to just create like a, a mood in my head and and create a, a picture that I could follow. I'm not sure if you, if you ever because I would like I, I listen to a lot of music and normally it's music that does something like that for me, and it's just like like a new experience. See, but that's the thing you can't just read a poem. Oh. If you want to actually feel the poem, you have to sort of go into it and almost always say it out loud. Yeah, so like, so you could captivate yourself within the yeah. poem and just surround yourself. It has yourself a specific rhythm. It has everything. That's why rap stands for rhythm and poetry. Because oh. what happens if you recite a poem and put a beat behind it? Now you're just in the poem. Music. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You see, I never even knew that's what rap stands for. That's what it stands for, bro. Yeah, but. Like he said, that would be it for today. If you guys like this, let us know. We might just do this again. Maybe not just for school. But anyways, that is it from me, from Adrian. That's it. Yes, sir.